Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sai Chumno had this long Chinese gray beard that they liked to grow. You know, it just sort of went all the way to his waist. One day he was invited into the imperial palace for an imperial party, and he got a, a small audience with the emperor who complimented him, him on his beard. He says, your beard is truly wonderful. When you sleep, do you put it under the covers with you, or do you leave it out of the covers without you? Sai answered that he was sorry that he, he didn't remember. He'd never really given it any thought. Later on, after the party, he got home, tried to go to sleep, and first he tucked it under the covers, which felt uncomfortable, and then he put it out of the covers, which also felt uncomfortable, and he tossed and turned the entire night long. It's so very easy to let unnecessary things clutter our life and our minds and our vision. For me, I occasionally end up like Sai sometimes. I'm fine during the day, but then I go to bed. And my mind sort of wavers to, to incidentals. Things that I may not have said just right. You probably have never noticed this about me, but sometimes I say things that I don't really mean and I don't say everything that I'm thinking. At night, as I'm trying to go to bed, I think, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> or I should have said it this way or that way. I think about the things that I didn't get done, the things that I've put off till tomorrow, then of course I'll be able to get done tomorrow, but I can't stop thinking about tonight. All of the things that are going to happen tomorrow, even the most incidental things and the most honorable intention can distract us away from what is truly important, what is truly needful in our lives. These distractions, we call them distractions because they are just that. Distractions, by their very definition, pull us away from our intended purposes and our good design. Distractions invariably lead us to a fractured existence and disjointed lives, almost like we talked about last week with a, a wobbly table. This morning, Luke tells us that Jesus is, and his entourage have entered a new village and they have been graciously welcomed into the home of a woman there, and her name is Martha. Martha, like any good host, proceeds to make all of the necessary preparations for the health and the welfare and the benefit of a, of a cadre of, of 13 men of whom she is welcomed into her home. You think about all the work that that must have entailed. I mean, simply hauling the water would be quite an endeavor. I mean, you think about the water that is required for the washing of 13 pairs of feet. That's a lot of feet. That's like 26 feet, right? That's a, lot of, that's a lot of feet. That's just the washing of the feet. Now, if you need bodies to be washed and clothes to be washed, not to mention the water that you're going to need for the food preparation, for the cleaning of the utensils, the cleaning of the utensils after you get finished with it, and then you've got all of the food that has to be procured. It all has to be bought. It all has to be gotten for. And then you've got to bring it back. And then you've got to make it all. And it's all got to be made from scratch, right? Because this is the olden days. She can't just go to the freezer and defrost an extra pound of ground meat and throw in a little hamburger helper. Taking care of 15 people is no easy matter. It's not, it's not easy to do today. I can only imagine how difficult it was for her then. 
Martha's active support for Jesus and his ministry takes a great deal of effort. It takes a great deal of effort and exertion on her part. And it's not the slightest bit easy on Martha. And while Martha is making all kinds of preparations, Jesus takes this time to teach his disciples the things of heaven and earth. But Jesus and his disciples are not alone this day. In this day of learning and study, an extra student has, sat, has taken her seat at Jesus' feet, Mary, the younger sister of Martha. And as Jesus teaches, Mary is more than happy to sit there and listen to the teachings of Jesus. And as Mary sits quietly and patiently learning from her God, Receiving the things of God, her sister, Martha, is becoming increasingly, as you might see, increasingly more, let's just say, worried about preparation. Martha is so consumed by these preparations that she no longer can hear the words of Jesus. Her mind has become more and more distracted And it comes as no surprise that as Martha gets more and more distracted about the preparation, she also gets more and more annoyed with her little sister. And let's face it, every woman in this room is on Martha's side at this time. (laughs) Probably all the men as well. We can completely see this. I am certain, I am certain I would not want to do all of that work by myself while my little brother sat there at the feet of Jesus and just continued to talk. And I can believe you, believe you me, my beloved bride would have not have tolerated this. If I've invited 13 men into our home, she's not going to be doing all the work while I sit there in the living room going, so Jesus, tell me about justification. Martha's doing the cooking and the cleaning for the for a dinner party of of 13, including the girls. It's not including Lazarus, their brother, who's not mentioned in in this story by Luke. But you're talking 15, 16, 17 people? Suddenly, suddenly Martha's had enough. (laughs) It's just something, something in her just sort of breaks. She interrupts Jesus, which I think is just, I I really want to see this on the big screen, right? (laughs) She just interrupts him, just comes in, Lord, don't you care? Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all this work by by myself? Tell her to help me. It's interesting. I, I find it interesting that Martha goes directly to Jesus. Her tone shows that she expects a positive result unto her complaint. After all, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's so often besieged by enemies on all sides. Now safely in the house and the residence of a friend, our Lord deserves to be treated with respect, with the finest of meals and with the best of care. And it takes time and it takes dutiful preparation. And Martha is convinced that Jesus is going to understand her plight. All of this is being done for his benefit. And with an extra set of hands, it can be better. Send her to help me. But she doesn't get the response that she expects. Instead, Jesus corrects her. He says, Martha, Martha. 
Now that doubling of that name is an indication that Jesus is not really getting on to Martha. It's, it's almost sad to a certain extent. It's more of a defense of Mary. It's more of a defense of Mary and less of a reproach against Martha. Jesus continues, you are worried and you are upset about many things, but only one thing is needful and Mary has chosen the better and it will not, it will not be taken away from her. We're tempted to see this statement as a, a condemnation of Martha, but it's not. You see, the the preparations that she's making, the work that she's doing for her Lord is not a wicked activity. There's nothing wrong with what she's doing. She's acting in an honorable fashion. And yet still one thing is needful, and Mary's chosen that needful thing. You see, it's her own sense of duty and schedule that is distracting Martha. Luke indicates that she has been pulled away from Jesus. She has been distraught by the preparations. She is, she is held in a kind of bondage. And this, this bondage to her schedule and her understandings and her desire and the level of which she expects things to be is, is a burden that she has placed upon herself. Now, she has done what she sees to be right. What she thinks is right is is fine. She wants to serve, and she is serving. But that service seems to be getting in the way. And our Lord gently corrects her. One thing is truly needful. And the truly needful thing is what Jesus is presently giving to his disciples and to Mary. Jesus is giving them his word. The needful thing is the wisdom and the knowledge that Jesus is imparting unto this small assembly. And the sad thing here is that Martha can't hear it. She's not listening. Mentally, she's in her own world. And I I don't know if any of you have little siblings. The angrier she gets at her little sibling, the harder it is to hear anything except what's going on in her own head. She's locked in that. She can't break herself out. She's distraught by the preparations. She's held in kind of a bondage to her own decision. She thinks what she's doing is right. And it turns out not to be. Martha can't hear the words of Jesus. She's in her own little world. She's thinking of all the things that she has to do. Now, it's important to note that the problem here isn't in the making of the preparations to serve. It's the way that she's doing it. Here in our Old Testament lesson for today, Abraham gets three celestial visitors, and he sets about to make all kinds of preparations. He he sets out to make these preparations. He goes to Sarah and tells her to make three cakes of bread. He then goes into the field, tells one of the serving men to butcher a fattened calf and bring it unto the guest. And then he returns with some appetizers for the visitors and he sits down and lets the visitors do what the visitors have been sent to do. But here's the difference. After the preparations are made, he returns to let the visitors serve him in doing their job 
in delivering the message to which they have been sent to deliver. And I know what you may be thinking. Now, this is, this is, this is apples and oranges because Martha doesn't have a wife <laughs> to send off to make bread. and She doesn't have a servant to go send off to take care of the fattened calf. But I got to tell you, I, I'm willing to tell you, if Martha had 10 servants, it wouldn't have made any difference. It had just made the meal bigger. It would have become more elaborate. And it doesn't matter how many different sets of hands you give her, she will use every hand you give her. And she's still going to go over the top. Martha has turned serving into She's turned it into a kind of bondage. It not only ought to be done, it has to be done, and it doesn't have to be done this way. It has to be done this way. It has to be perfect. It has to be awesome. It has to be great. We're not going to settle for less. We're going to put everything we have into it. And, 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 and it, it, this desire of excellence has pulled her away from what's truly necessary. I like to think I know Jesus pretty well. She could have served him bread and butter and a little soup, and he'd probably have been okay with it. This, this desire of excellence can, can get in the way. Sarah, in the Old Testament lesson, even though she's charged with the making of bread, is still listening to the message that the three visitors have brought. It doesn't reflect it in our lessons because they cut it off. But when the, when the angels, when the visitors say, next year we're going to come back and you're going to have a baby, the 90-year-old Sarah, who's listening at the tent, laughs. She's like, that's funny. That's, that's not going to happen. And you might think that she's eavesdropping, but remember, she's just in a tent. It's not like she's 40 feet away and she's snuck up. I mean, they're, they're right there next to each other. You see, Martha just doesn't get it. She's so busy. She's so worried about peripherals. She's so distracted that the distraction and the worry and the busy has ripped the joy out of her service altogether. It sounds like us sometimes, doesn't it? We're just so interested in getting the things that have got to get done, done, that we we forget why we're doing them. When life gets hectic, and it does, when it gets cluttered, when it's just packed with too much stuff to do, you've, you've got all of these responsibilities. We've got work and family and clubs and recreation and all of the things that go with all of that. And we cram all of it into one small little work week or even today or even tomorrow. We, it's overwhelming. We tend to see our church life like one of, another one of those mandatory, semi-mandatory activities upon our part. We get distracted, we get befuddled into thinking that, that somehow our presence here, that somehow our service that we have brought to the Lord is somehow absolutely needed by the Lord God of heaven and earth. That he should be happy with all of the sacrifices that we're making. 
But rest assured, the good works that we render unto our family and our friends and our neighbors at work in our schools, these are not without purpose, they're not without benefit, but we cannot, we cannot fall into that same perilous pit that Martha has fallen into. It puts so much emphasis on our own work and our own ways that we miss the better part. The better part that Mary has seen. It will not be taken from her. When we fall into the bondage of unneeded stuff, when we fall into that bondage of our schedules and our worries and our doubts and our anxieties, we need a liberator from those bonds. And Jesus is that liberator. He reassures us of our future, our our eternal life, which is of so much more importance than this material. The Father has anointed him with power to bind up the broken, to proclaim freedom to those who have been held in bondage, to liberate us from our prisons of darkness and despair, prisons that we have put ourselves into. I think it's helpful to remember that we put ourselves into these things sometimes. Jesus has been charged with the proclamation of the good news to we the poor, that we are his chosen, that we are his beloved, Sometimes things can just slip away. Some things aren't necessary. Jesus is the great liberator who can serve us with his death and with his new life. He offers this unto us. Jesus tenderly mends Martha. He also tenderly invites us to come and sit at his feet to receive his blessing. He calls us to the, to the truly need, the needful thing of word and sacrament ministry given for the forgiveness of our sins and the refreshing of our souls. And a world that's constantly, that is almost invariably working to, to wear us down into nubs. The Lord is our light and our salvation. He has set us free from the bondage of this world. And he draws us close to listen unto his word. And he puts that message into us and he breaks the chains of mental slavery to this world and bids us to enter a new world into a new relationship where he is Lord and Lord of all. And let him take care of the details. He who came to serve us through giving of his life and his hope for this life. He's given us the assurance of the life to come. Keep it in balance. And put the Lord first and let him worry about tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.